Okay, let us begin our discussion. Parshas by Midbar, Tashin, Ayin Aleph. We start a new Sefer of the Torah, fourth out of five. Already uh, thinking about Simchas Torah. We're in the second half, a couple of months away. But uh, the Midbar always gets us in the mood for Shavuos. Usually, by Midbar, it's the Shabbos before Shavuos. This year, it happens to be two Shabbatot before Shavuos. Not such a common occurrence. The Gemara, as we mentioned last week, uh, says that usually we read the Tochachah, the Shabbos before, the Shabbos before Shavuos. And the Shabbos before the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah, this year we have an extra week to internalize last week's messages and uh, see what exactly Kaddish Baruch Hu wants from us at this time of year through the, through the Parshiyas. But usually, so Bamidbar has to be read either directly before or a week and a half before. So Rav Zevin, who we haven't touched on um, in that recently, Rav Zevin quotes the Shulchan Aruch that says, this is the halacha. The parshas by Midbar, source number one, Karm Samach L'Shvuis, Veloba Mikra. It has to be read before Shvuis. The Shulchan Aruch, Nimsar Simen Al-Kach, is even a simen to help us remember Manu Vatsru. Manu from the word Minyan, count, the countings of B'nai Yisrael, that's by Midbar, it's all about the countings. By Midbar, in English, is called numbers, right? Not in the desert. Book in the desert, that's not what it's called, it's called Numbers, right, because it's all about countings. Va'atzru, from the word Atzeres, in Chazal, Shvuiz is called Atzeres. In the Torah, Shmini Atzeres is called Atzeres. But in Chazal, uh, Shvuiz is called Atzeres. So there has to be some type of deep connection between Parshas by Midbar, which is already getting us in the mood for a week and a half from now, when we will be celebrating Shavuos. What exactly is the connection between by Midbar uh, and Shavuos? So says Rav Zevin in his classic style. It makes us think about something that we don't usually think about. We know the Torah was given in the desert. We're going to talk, have two thoughts about that tonight. The Torah was given in the desert. When B'nai Yisrael, in the third month of Sivan, came from Eretz Mitzrayim, they came to Midbar Sinai, Vishamba Midbar, Nitnah HaTorah. We know the Torah was given in a desert. And yet, that day that the Torah was given, that we know now as Shavuos, there's a certain halacha that is connected to Shavuos. Umitzad Sheni, Shavuos, Huchag HaBikurim. It's the Chag of the first fruit. It's the time when you can start bringing Mikurim to the Beis HaMikdash. It's the Chag of blossoming. It's the Chag of, you know, everything getting uh, Chag HaKatsir. Right? It's, the, it's, it's harvesting. Everything is ripening. So Shavuos is, on the one hand, desert and nothingness and cactus and sand. And it's also Mikurim. And it's also blossoming. And it's growth. And it's prachim, so and we bring trees into the into the into the shul and flowers. So w- what's the real symbol of shvuas? You have the midbar, which is our parsha by midbar. Shem spoke to Moshe in the midbar, and the Torah was given in the midbar. Midbar whom Malkom Asher Lo Yizarav Lo Yatzmiach Lo Yala Boko Esav Malkom Tohu Lo Yilo Yishimon. Quoting the pasuk, it's a place where there's nothing planted, nothing grows. Bikurim was semel atzmicha, and Bikurim is a symbol of growth, vehapricha, and blossoming. And that's why in Shavuos, the carbon, the unique carbon of Shavuos is to bring grain from the first grain. Mincha chadasha, the shnei halachem. Umehachel chamesh bakama, the first time you harvest something, matchil mispa lechaga Shavuos. So what is it? 
Says Rav Zevin, obviously, it's both. It's both. What does that mean? Shavuot started out as Midbar, but it ended up as Ganeiden, as Chag Abikurim. Meaning what? Ha'olam below ha-Torah hu Midbar. Without Torah, the world is a desert. No direction. It's dry. It's it's wavy in the earth. You don't have any direction. You don't know where you're going. You look around. V'ha'olam im ha-Torah hu Bikurim. Once the world has the Torah, then it becomes alive. Then it's fruitful and multiplies. Yes, Arakein, even more than that. Ha'olam below ha-Torah. Av im hu-Gan Nefach lios midbar. It's not just without the Torah. You start off as a desert. If one loses, the, even if one starts off in the state of Ikurim, in the state of Ganeiden, without the Torah, without listening to what God wants from us, we can make it turn into a desert once again. The ha'olam ima Torah, af imhu midbar, nefach lios Ganeiden. And the world with the Torah, it starts off as a midbar, ekredab with Ganeiden. Says Rav Zevin, just think about history. Think about history. Other Arishon, he starts off, he's put into Ganeiden. He's put into Ganeiden. Every delectable fruit, anything a person would want, is right there. Everything. But Everything is there. The most delicious fruit that, he, that Adam and Chava could want. They're in Ganeiden. Adam Arishon, he's in Ganeiden. Line 15. Kisamechacha yitzirchah b'Ganeiden mikedem. Hadur na'eziv ha'olam, who's the shining, whatever he did nefesh. That was Tchilas Briyasa. But what happened? He had one mitzvah. He had one Torah, one law to listen to. And he lost it. And he did not have it. So what happens? Avobaliya Torah, harikfar tekev biyamarisho nefach lemidbar. All of a sudden, what happens? What happens? What What's the animal that is known, the, the symbol of of a desert is a snake. What does Gan Eden turn into? Right after they eat from the tree, all of a sudden it starts. All of a sudden the Nachash comes. Machash Nachash Akrav. What happens right after that? Machokash, we showed him when this happened. It could be a Gan Eden, but what happens? One brother kills the other one. And it continues from Adam Arishon. If you think about world history, Says Reb Zevin, from Adam Arishon, it goes down, 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 and it goes spiraling, and it doesn't stop until we'll see in a, in a few in a, in a minute. It doesn't stop till the second that Gulas Mitzrayim started. Yes, there was some bria in the interim, but the world kept going. The whole world was filled with Hamas. This is what happens without Torah. What happens? A nation can enslave another nation? The world could reach that level? Yes, there were a few individuals along the way, but what was the world like at the time? Says Avraham Avinu when he comes to Mitzrayim. There's no Yerushalayim, there's no Torah. It's all a desert. Finally, and what happened? That was Gan Eden going into the Midbar. But then what happens when the world reaches rock bottom? All of a sudden the Geula starts because Torah starts. And the process of getting the Torah starts. And that's, we know, the Rashi at the beginning of, of Bracious. What does Rashi say? Bereshis, Bishvil Rashis, and Nivra Ha'olam. What's Rashis? 
Rashis is a few things. Rashis is Bikurim, the Medrash says. Rashis is Torah. Bishvil Torah Shadikra Rashis. Hashar Kanani Rashis Darko. What do you mean is Torah? Rashi quotes there that the world was in limbo. The world was not steady until Yom Hashishi. The sixth, the sixth, the sixth of the third month of Sivan. The world was not steady, was not sturdy, was not Kavua until that day. Chag HaShvuas writes Rav Zevin, who lorak yomatan Torah, elaaf yom brias ha'olam. In a way, the final stage of creation was on Shvuas. Was later on, in almost almost 2,500 years after creation, af yom brias ha'olam. Shvuas was the creation of the world. Ad achshav eina olam el midbar v'gehenim, v'yatahu shanasa eden ubikurim. Right, and we even see in our generation, says Rav Zevin, a number of years, a couple of decades ago. Below Atara line thirty, We don't have to like wonder about it. Look around our society, and if he said it forty years ago, we can think about in our generation. In our generation, we look around where people are not guided by divine rules, then anything goes. There's anarchy. There's whatever you want to do. That's the only thing. And that's Chag and its connection to Ba Midbar. Ba Midbar. It could start off as a Ba Midbar, but it turns into Chag Bikurim. It turns into a wonderful Gan Eden. If somebody is guided by the Torah, what a world they live in. What a Gan Eden one lives in. One walks into the base Medrash. One, one, one wakes up in the morning with a tafkit to fulfill. There's no greater Gan Eden than the, the feeling of accomplishment, the feeling of getting something done in life, the feeling of being in Ebed Hashem. So the desert could turn into a wonderful, blossoming garden. Just a second connected idea. Rav Pincus writes this also, two Rav Pincus's for the night. Rapigas writes in on the first Pasik, also discussing what is the connection between Shvuis and Midbar, and specifically what many of the Bafarshim ask. Says Rapinkas on line one, Yesha Shoalim, Mipne Malonitna Torah Be'eret Israel. Why was the Torah given in the desert? Lepra Israel, come into Eretz Israel and then give the Torah. Why was it in the opposite order? Torah and then Eretz Israel. First Eretz Israel and then Torah. And that was even the divine, what was the original plan? Even if we wouldn't have sinned, we were still supposed to get the Torah first before we went into Eretz Yisrael. So why? Right? The Gemara says in Boba Basra, Avira de Eretz Yisrael machim. The Avira de Eretz Yisrael is even, you know, it causes one to be wise. So imagine the Kabbalah Satorah if it would have been in Eretz Yisrael. It would have been unbelievable. As we spoke about a couple weeks ago, the only place in the world which has inherent Kedusha, not Kedusha based on what people do there. It's inherent Kedusha. Why did Nakash Baruch bring us in here first? Says Rav Zevin, there's a Milo about the desert. I'm sorry, says Rav Pincus, there's a Milo about the desert. Beer Hadavar Nirapi Dreshus Chazah. Chazal Darshan on a pasuk in Shira Shirim Biyom Chasunaso Ubiyom Sam Chasliva Chasunaso Zumatan Torah Shvuis Kabbalah Torah then and every year is really a wedding. We're getting ready for a wedding. Right? You know what? Right when the you, you, 
you, you designate it. When a chas and a kala designate it for each other, they don't get married the next day. Right? By, by Amisro, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. We went from Avde Paro to almost Avde Hashem. The first step. You didn't get married right away. You've got to have time for preparation. You've got a lot to do. You've got to buy the flowers and the caterer and the music. You've got, to, you've got to take time. So we needed time. The process of getting ready for Kabbalah Satara was getting ready for a wedding. By a wedding, you don't want any other distractions. The chasen and the kala should be focused on the wedding excuse, exclusively. In order that the wedding will... You want to be focused on anything else? Hashem says, I'm not bringing it into Eretz Yisrael yet. What would have happened if we first would have gone into Eretz Yisrael and we would have got our portion and our farms and our houses and we would have had all of our assets and we would have started dealing with our lives there, our natural lives there? There would have been other things on our minds. There would have been other things on our mind. When we, when we started, when we got the Torah. Hashem needed that the Torah would be the only thing in their lives. The only thing on their brains. If they would have gone to Israel before, Hashem had to give the Torah in the desert. There was nothing there. What was their only Torah? It says your pig is beautifully. What happens after a wedding? You go into the Yichud room. We had 40 years of Yichud room with the Kaddish Baruch. You're right, it was because we ultimately sinned. But the Kaddish Baruch who saw that's what we needed. We needed the Cheder Yichud. We needed time just to be with him. Our boim shona b'midbar lulo his askus basad of acherem heim kecheder Yichud ben ababa isha. Our Kaddish Baruch who saw after the Egel, I can't send you into Eretz Yisrael yet. You're not. Com- we're not committed yet. You're not committed to me yet. We have that privacy, those moments, those years of privacy. That was the years in the desert. You never heard of anybody getting married in their future house. She's going to be in the kitchen, what's with the food. That's not time for the Kala to do that. Got to be in the desert. It was in the desert, no other issues on our head. By midbar, the law of mitzvahs, not even all the mitzvahs, nothing. Just getting the Torah and being involved with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, that's why it was given in the midbar, and that's the goal. Our Kabbalah Satora, every year, what we have to focus on is, is no other distractions. And really, as many, many of the Bali Musr say, there's no date in the Torah given for Kabbalah Satora. Right? There are two Yemen Tovim, that there's no, there's no date given. Kabbalah Satora has no date, it's just whenever you count from Shavuos. Yom Hadin, Rosh Hashanah. The, Rosh, the Yom HaDin element of Rosh Hashanah is not mentioned in the Torah. It just says on the first day of Tishrei, you have a Chag. Yom HaDin is not mentioned. The Klayakar. Other Mepharshim say because really we're judged every day. And really, Kabbalah Satora is every day. Sukkot isn't every day. Right? So you can write what Sukkot is. Pesach isn't every day. Yom HaDin and Yom Kabbalah Satora. Those two, yes, in a, in a deeper sense, in an intense way, it's only once a year. But in a deeper sense, Yom Adin and Kabbalah Satora are every day. And that's why, even now, as we have our Kabbalah Satora each year and each day, when we're focused on Torah, we have to try to not have any other mafriyim, not any other um, distractions, and in that way, achieve the goal of Kabbalah Satora. Okay, now let's get into the parsha. Into the parsha. 
Beginning of the parsha, as we know, we have a number of countings of Klal Yisrael. By Dabar Shem Al Moshe Bivid Bar Sinai, Ba'o Al Moed, Hashem says to Moshe in the desert, Ba'o Al Moed, Be'echa Lachodesh Hashemi, the date is important. Let's focus on that at the beginning of the parsha. On the first day of the second month, Bashana Hashemis, the second year they went out. The second year, the first day of the second month. Rosh Chodesh Iyar. Rosh Chodesh Iyar. In year two when they went out. That's when the following story takes place. Suas Rosh Chodesh B'nei Yisrael. Count B'nei Yisrael. L'mishpachosam. L'vesavosam. B'mish Parshemus. Kozachal. L'gogolosam. Count all of Kala Yisrael. B'benetzim Shadar Amala. For 20 years old. You and I would count them. Who should be with you? V'etchem yiyu ish ish l'mateh. Ish ish the rosa vesa vosa who? All the people should be with you, uh, every man, one per shevet. The Elish Mazanashim, these are the names of the men that will stand with you. Leruven, Lashimon, and we go through all of the what are the, what are they called here? Anashim. They're called men. They're called men. As for Schwab, this parsha really takes place after later. When the Nisim, when did the Nisim bring the Karbanas? Rishkodesh Nisan. That's when all the Nisim brought all their Karbanas. Klaes already knew these great people as Nisim, even though it's written le- later in the, in the Torah. Parsha's not so, two, next week's Parsha. This is the one example, one of the only examples, where all Rishonim have to agree in Muktamamurcha Batorah. That the Torah is not written in chronological order. Because we know, it says explicitly the dates, and the dates are out of order in the Torah. It says here, this is in ER, and later on we know that took place in Nisan. So we already know they're princes, they're Nisim. Why are they called Anashim here? They're men. That's for Schwab. Why are they called Anashim? These were the Nisim that the Shvatim already knew brought their Karbanos on their behalf a month ago. Exactly a month ago it started. Some of them were two weeks ago. And yet they're just called Anashim. Pasha the Yidin. Question one, why are they called Anashim? And then if you continue, continue reading, look at Pasik Tezayin. After all of them are listed, it gets even more difficult. Ela Kru'eha Eda. These are the ones that are called by the Eda. Now we're getting into like an official title. Nisi'ei Matosavosam. Now they're called Nisi'im. Rashi Alpha Yisrael, these are the Nisim. And then what? Vayikach Moshe Baharon es ha'anashim ha'ela. Asher nikfu b'shemos. Moshe and Aaron take these anashim. These men. Anashim. Again, they're just men. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, take with you ish ish lamate, a man for shevet. These are the, pe- the anashim that you should take. And then we go through them. And then it says, at the end, these are the Nisim, objectively. And then it says, Moshe and Aaron took the Anashim, Asher Nikvu B'Shemos, that are called by names. Rashi also has a comment. What does Asher Nikvu B'Shemos mean? Rashi says, look what Rashi says, Asher Nikvu Lo Kan B'Shemos. What's Rashi adding there? That are called here by their names. Okay. What's the... They're always called by their names. They're called by their names later on in Nassau also. What's Rashi trying, driving at? Says of Schwab. Mayan Beit HaShoeva. Source number three. Starts off with the Medrash. Bamidbar Rabbah, call me she'eno osa atzmo kemidbar hefker, eno yacho liknos esachachma v'hatorah. Medrash is the beginning of our parsha. Anyone who does not make themselves as hefker they will not be zochet to acquire Torah in the proper way. 
You don't make yourselves as hefker. That's why he says, Bamid Barsinai. What does that mean? What does it mean that you have to make yourself as a, as, as hefker? Vinir Lafarish, line 5. Shekozman Adam Chai Baha'anishelo, as Ha'anichotetu Beino Uvein Kono Yisbarach. As long as we are focused on ourselves, on our ani, on our own ego, that creates a mechitza. That creates a mechitza. Like I said, Anochi Omeid, Ben Yisrael Elokim. There's a kutzker. Anochi, it's the Anochi in us. When we make ourselves hefker, literally ownerless, what does that mean? What does it mean to make oneself hefker? Inyan hefkerus, says Rav Shwab, you know what it means? It means that when I learn, I'm not selfish at all. I'm not selfish about my ideas. I'm not selfish about my chidushim, because Torah doesn't belong to me. I'm not selfish. I don't think of myself as so great. Even if somebody quotes something that they quote me by name, okay. So I didn't get the covet in this world. That's making myself hefker, letting things slide. I've quoted in the past the great Hassam Sofer. Hassam Sofer says to his Talmudim, what, you could quote me in your name, but don't quote you in my name. Says that, you know, I can handle being quoted. Again, my Chidushim, you want to quote in your name, that's wonderful. But don't quote your Chidushim in my name. Don't say that Sam Sofer said, when I, when I didn't say it. So, but, but if somebody misquote, you say the right shot, so I didn't get the credit. Okay, what can you do? They weren't making Gula Olam. Okay, they're loss. All of our losses. But I'm going to take it personally. It's mine. I thought of that. Okay, there are copyright issues, but, but as a personal affront, Torah is not owned by, some, by anybody. In a midbar, everything is orderless. Everything is free. I don't think I'm the balabayas. He will be able to be zochet to get more and more and more. The more we're humble, the more we don't focus on ourselves, we make ourselves hefker, so then we will be zochet to even more gifts from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Says Roshwab, that's what's going on here. The Nesim had positions in the Shvatim. In the Shvatim. They were the leaders. And that's why when they acted on behalf of all of Klai Yisrael, when they brought the Karbanos, Rosh Chodesh Nisan a month ago, they're called Nesim. And that was their introduction to Klai Yisrael. They had to be called Nesim. But now a month later, Moshe Rabbeinu is taking them along with him to count Klai Yisrael. He wants to make sure it doesn't go to their head. Never forget your Anashim. Never forget your people. Never forget you have names. Shaniku B'Shemos, they have names. They're not just Mr. President, Mr. Nasi. They are, they are Elitzur, Shlumiel, Nachshon. That's who they are. They're all people. They're all humans. Never forget that we have names. Right, somebody once told, I was at a gathering of Rabbanim, and they once said, they were upset to us, Always take your position seriously, but don't take yourself so seriously. It says the position, the position of a, of a rabbi, the position of anyone who's in a leadership position, Torah. they have to take themselves, how they hold themselves and how they act, but they can't take themselves seriously. Themselves, they still have to be the same old, same old Shlumiel, right? That's where Shlumiel comes from, right? Shlumiel, the same Achiezer, the same Avidan, right? All the names. 
Says her Schwab, what's Rashi saying? Rashi says, Asher Nikvulo Khan Bishemos. Rashi's emphasizing here, because a month ago they wouldn't see him. So what does Hashem say? Take these Anoshim. Yes, Ela, these are those same Nasim from a month ago. They are. But it goes back. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Vayikat Moshe Aaron es Anoshim Ha'ela. Right, look on line 11 in the second column. They're honored princes. Regarding themselves, when they're counting fellow Jews, just got to be, just got to be a fellow-ish, got to be a fellow man, and in that way, keep everything in proper perspective. That's the godless of one word of Rashi. Asher nikvulo kan b'shemos, that's what he says in the last paragraph, third to last line, u'hagadash Rashi, b'lashono ha-zahav, asher nikvulo kan b'shemos, ki piris kan daika, nikvulo moshe b'shemos ka'anashim pshut. Okay. Let's go to the second pasuk in the parsha. We're going to focus on the beginning of the parsha and at the end of the parsha. Going to be tonight's uh, tonight's thoughts. Okay, paragraph pasuk base. Seu es rosh kol adas bnei Yisrael lamishpachosam lebeisabosam. Count the Jews bimispar shemos calls achar lagugulosam. Second and final or pinkets of the night bimispar shemos. What does that mean? How do you translate that phrase? With the number of the names bimispar shemos. We hear it. We've already heard it twice. Shabbos, Monday, tomorrow, there again. Ever think about what that means? Bimis parashemos, with the number of the names. Is it a number? Is it a name? How are we supposed to count that? Right? You count one, two, three, four, you count that by names. Bimis parashemos, what's the double lunch? Simple question. What does the Torah mean? Pasha Pshat. Says the Teferashemsh. Source four. Be'inyan ashkachas ha'kadosh baruch ba'olam. When it comes to ashkachas Hashem in the world... The Rishon already discussed the Sefer Achinuch and others. Sheyeshna Hashgacha Pratis veYeshna Hashgacha Klolis. There are two types of Hashgacha, two types of divine protection involvement in the world. Two types. He gives a mashal, mashal of Banai Shekava Evan Bebinyan, a builder. He puts a brick, a stone in a building. Hari Ha Evan Chashuv Alamot. The brick is very important. Independently. If you take the brick, one brick out of the wall, the whole wall is going to fall down. But if you only had this one brick, you wouldn't be able to build the house. Every brick has to be in its spot. Because of the tafkid, that it has to fulfill being part of the wall. Hashgacha klalas. The brick. Does he really care about the brick? No, he cares about the wall. The brick as part of the wall. That's hashgacha klalas. But, some Rishonim say that's what animals have. Hashgacha klalas. The species. General. But we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu is divinely involved in every single one of our lives. He has a special package for us, for each one of us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is called Yachad Yachad He has a personal connection like a father to a son. 
Why does somebody love trial number eight? Because, oh, now there's eight. No! Because this one and this one and this one and this one. Like I've quoted in the past. Right, one of my, Rabbi Yitzchak Kohn, one of my Rebbeim, once said, like somebody asked him, after he had a number one of his kids, forgot which number it was. Um, so what number is this for you? He says, this is my number one, and this is my number one, and this is my number one, this is my number one. They're all my number ones. By, by, by a father to a child, there's Ashkacha Pratis. There's no Ashkacha Klavis. That's the Mashal Ashkacha Pratis, Ashkacha Klavis. Says Rav Pinkus, Bimis Parshemos. What's a name and what's a number? If you think about it, names are each special. Everybody has a unique name. Everybody has a Shema Miyuchalahem. That's what identifies them. That's what captures their essence on a deeper level. Many of the Kabbalistic works talk about how this special siyat of the Shmaya that parents are given when they're going to name a child to try to bring out the mahus of that child with the name that is given to them. It says that's, that's, the, that's a name. A number? A number is not, is not personal. A number is not individual. When the Nazis, Yimachshimam, wanted to take away our identity, they took away our names and gave us numbers. Because numbers take away our unique identification as a person, as an individual. We're just a number. We're not a name. Names are individual. Numbers are, a number by itself is nothing. It has to be in the context of all the other numbers. We spoke last night in a shir. Those are interesting. We gave a shir about Sphiris Omer. We spoke about Sphiris Omer. There's every night, but it's in the context of the, of the larger counting. So he says, line 11. What does this phrase mean? The mispar shemos. It's a stira. The mispar is a number, and shemos is the name. Lachora elu shnei musagim sosrim. Shigim mispar b'derek klal maral hiskachus is klalus. Kasher mefaki sholeh elav chaylam l'melchama. When an officer sends a thousand soldiers to the war, the battlefield, does he have to know every single soldier by name? No. He sent a thousand soldiers. Which which uh, which plugas going? can't do it by themselves. You need the whole team of soldiers. Only biyachad. All together. While on the other hand, turning over the page, like we said, every child in a family has a name. When a father wakes his kids up in the morning, he doesn't say, number three, time to get up. Number six, time to get up. No. It's names. Cesar Pincus, if we think about these two Mishalim, though, each of them has the opposite element as well. It's not purely in the family, there's only the individual. And in the army, there's only the number. Amnam. Even in a number, if you're missing one in the number, then you don't have the unit. If you only have 999 soldiers, then there's somebody that's not doing their job. He's still missing. And there's a family unit which is even larger than any one of its parts. Yes, there's individuals, but there is a unit. If somebody's not home, there's still a family. There's still a family there, says Rapinkus. Even if you take one out, it's, there's a lack, but it's still a unit. So even though there is one, stands for unique individual, Prati, and the other one stands for Klali, Really, they both go hand in hand, and in every case, you have both. In Cain, line 9, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, count my people b'mispar shemos. Count them as a mispar, count them as a shame. Count them as both. Kish'amar ha'kasa b'mispar shemos. We have both of them here. We have all of Klai Yisrael. We know to bring the ultimate Shechina, you need thousands of Jews together. Special bracha, chacham harazim. When we see so many thousands of Jews together. If you're missing. Each one has a uniqueness. And that's the message of this little phrase in the beginning of Bamidbar, Yachid Sibur, Klali Prati, individual and and Sibur. Bimispar Shebos. Okay. Parak base. Going now to the end of Parak base. A lot of counting see at the end of Parak base. Pasik Lamid Gimel, second to last Pasik in the Perak. The last section in this Perak discusses how the Levim were not counted amongst the rest of Pal Yisrael. Exactly 630,550. That's how many Jews there were, separate from the Levim. Um, question that we're not going to deal with now, but the simple answer is. There was everything worked out to be a perfectly round number. Look at all the numbers. There was never fifty-four at the end. Never worked out to be an odd number. So most of the say they must have rounded. Could it be exactly every shavet had an exact and ended with a zero? Everyone? Okay, so it must have rounded. But the Levium were not counted. What did the Pasik say? Pasik Lama Gimel, you have it in the in the bold print of Swords number six. Vahalavium lo haspaktu bisok bene Yisrael. Levim were not counted amongst Bnei Yisrael. Kasher tziv Hashem is Moshe. Like Hashem told Moshe not to. I'll just read you the next pasuk. Vayasu Bnei Yisrael. Kachol Kasher tziv Hashem is Moshe. Hashem did everything that Hashem commanded him. Moshe did everything that Hashem commanded him. And Bnei Yisrael did also. Keichanu l'diglehem v'chein nasu. They encamped and they traveled. Ish l'mosh v'chosav al beisavosav. Every family, every every group, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. So on the Igrit the Kala, which is the Bnei Yisrael's commentary on the Torah, he has a, a deeper interpretation of this Pasuk. When the Pasuk says, Pashtus, the Levium were not counted. So he has another level of interpretation. Yesh l'rames, shahatorah milamedes lanu das b'pasuk hazeh l'doros ki The Torah here hints to a message, an eternal message for us. Tehine. Sometimes we feel that we could gain in life purely by hanging on to the coattails of our parents and our grandparents and our zchusavas. Look, you know, you know who my parents are? You know, so what do I have to do so much for? You know what my last name is? So sometimes people have that attitude in life. They're just focusing on their schosavos. They have too much kavana in the lokei avoseinu, lokei avimisav Yaakov. Yeah, look who my parents are. Okay, great. Ukisvurim kishaafila lo yisyagu lahaser mesach asichlus, and they feel that even if they don't work hard and maimis themselves to remove the the um, 
the mesach, the curtain of foolishness, that separates us from having true dveikas to Hashem, it's going to come. Says the Bnei Yisachar. That's what this Pasuk is coming to teach us. How does this fit into the Pasuk? That's what the Torah says. You have to be able to reap sukkim in, in different ways. When you have Darshane Yisrael, to look at the Pasuk and come up with these uh, other ideas. What does it say? The Leviim. Yes, Leviim means Shevet Levi, but what does Milave mean? Malava Malka. Halavaya Sames. Lavaya means to accompany. To accompany, to go with. Ratzalomar. Harotzim Sheyavolahem Dvekas Biyarusha. Mimata Avosam. Vahalavim, those that want to be accompanied from previous. What do you mean? Lamata Avosam. Because of my family. Because of what my last name is. Vahalavim, those that try to be accompanied. Lamata Avosam. Lomas Pakta Besocha. It's not going to be counted with them. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Leviyah Milashan by Yilavu Alecha. Hapam Yilaveishi. When Levi was named. Levi, right, uh, Leah said that now Yaakov's going to have to come, come with me. Pam Yilaveishi. I only have two hands. Right? I have a three, third child. Lo Aspaktu Besocha. Lo Yizacher. Lo Yipakeh. Lo Yimadvikos Hazeh. Betoch Yusam. Ebrim Yusam. It's not going to stop. It's not going to, it's not going to come with them. Halaviyam Lamata Avosam. Lo Aspaktu Besocham. How a God of Yisrael reads a Pasuk in Chumash. And that's what we are saying in Perki Avos. Perki Avos, it says in Perak Beis, Haskein Atzmecha Lilmo Torah, She'ini Yerushalach. We have to do it ourselves. We have to push ourselves. It's not going to come to Yerushalach, no matter how great my father is. How much Torah that he was given, right? doesn't matter how great the stifler was, or Chaim Kanievsky had to do it himself. Right? We have the Gdolim that work at it. Rabbi Yonah says on that mission in Perki Avos, Haskein Atzmecha Lilmo Torah, Source number seven. If you don't work hard, you're not going to get it. It's not like a Yerusha. What's Torah called? It doesn't say this. Torah is not called a Yerusha. Torah is called a Morasha. Yerusha comes automatically. Morasha does not come automatically. As Rav Shepard has to translate it as heritage, quoting from Rav It's not an inheritance. It's a heritage. A heritage is not just passed on. An heirloom can be passed on, but a heritage cannot. A heritage is alive only as much as the uh, acceptor makes it. It's going to return. You're not going to yarshin it. If you try, you might be better off. You might have a better, uh, you might be have a be ahead in the starting line because of your parents. But ain't a Yerushalach, the Levim lamata avosa mospatu besolcha. It's not going to be counted amongst them. Okay, same pasuk. Another question. Again, let's read the pasuk again. The last pasuk in Parak base. After the entire counting and the entire. Giving out the Degolim, as we've spoken about in the past, the significance of the Degolim. But Yasu Bnei Yisrael, Bnei Yisrael did Kachol Asher Tziv Hashem as Moshe, as Hashem said to Moshe, Kinchanu Ledegleim. They encamped to their flags, Vechein so and they traveled Ish L'Mishpachos of Alvei Zalosav. They did what Hashem said. Asks Rav Sarotskin, what was the big deal? What was so hard in these first two prokim? 
that the Torah has to tell us B'nai Yisrael did exactly what the Hashem asked them to do. When you're talking about Parshas Truma and Tetzaveh, you're talking about the voluntary donations, and you're talking about building intricate kalim. Okay, I get here. And you're talking about right after the Egel where they use their own spiritual areas to be create. You had to emphasize. They did exactly what, what was told to them. Malami Shiloshino, Rashi says there. But what was here? They were just counted. They were told to go in their different places and they marched. What was so hard that the Torah has to record? What was so, so great? It says the Zion Torah. An on the mark point for all generations. How many fights start amongst our people based on placement? How many fights? Where I'm sitting, where I was put. I'm too close to the band. I'm too far from the band. They put me here. They put me there. They put me at this table. They didn't put me at that table. They put me at... How many inner, foolish, Nairishkeit feelings of, of, of being hurt come from placement. Loma Nemar, Hare B'nei Yisrael, Abel is Golim, the Golim are beautiful, the Yishlomar, Shebaloma Shelo is quoted to, Mi Yelich Barosh, Umika Ma'asif Lomachros, I'm last. Do they know who I am? I was from Shevet Dun. Do they know who, who my, my, my Zayda was? My Zayda was Yaakov Avinu. He gets to be on the Mizrach side? I can't believe that. Look who's sitting there. Who does he think he is? Me be Mizrach, me be Mayrev. Kinahu gets slainu ba'avonosenu harabim de'batiknesios. Like what happens in Shul. Who gets to sit over there and who gets to sit over here? What does the Tussik say? Vayasu b'nei Yisrael k'chol asher tziva Hashem. Kechonu l'digleya v'chenoso. Exactly what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told them. And he says that in the next Tussik also. Next Tussik is the same thing. But he adds one more point. So what prevented them and what helped them? They were Jews like we were Jews. So why didn't they fight? Right? Why didn't the ones who didn't get to go first say, that's not fair. Why didn't they fight? So says the, says the Sarraskans in the Pasuk. What did the Pasuk say in the continuation? What's Al-Beisavosav? The Medjish we know from Parshas Vayechi. Back in Vayechi, the Shvatim already had their positions laid out for them by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, How they were around Yaakov Avinu's Aaron. When they were back up from Israel to Canaan, the Medjish tells us they were already in their Degel formation back then. The Shvatim already knew this was their place. They knew Levesavosav. They knew this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. When a Jew knows that we are supposed to be exactly here, there's no fighting. This is I know where I'm supposed to be. This is where I am. Why? I'll be who carried the the coffin of Yaakov? Shall Avia Uma Mi Mizrach Umi Badot Midarom 
And that's base of Osam. That's why Lo Kagnamar Al Base of Osam, Lo Lib Base of Osam, because they were relying on that. That's how we must feel. Whenever we're in a place, whether it's at a simcha or in shul or anywhere, you have to always feel. You have to always feel that. You know, who who gets the seat? Who gets the seat? I remember by the Siyam Ashas, it was always, oh, who's on the dais? It was always a big, right? If you weren't a real gogo, you weren't on the dais. Like, what are we thinking? You're thinking, what if you're in the front row? And if you're the 10th row, oh, who got in the front row, the second row, the third row? It's all covered on the says, if we know our place, we know Kaddish Baruch Hu, Kaddish Baruch Hu's in charge. Wherever we are, that's what we're supposed to be. Right? That's what we learned. Vayasu, B'nai Yisrael. We have to follow in their footsteps, Kashrutziv Hashem Moshe. Okay. Back page. The end of the parsha. Last two thoughts for the evening. Hopefully we'll talk about Shavuos a little more next week. Last two thoughts for the evening will be related to the last two psukim in the parsha. Perak Dalid, Pasuk by Maftir. Hashem says to Moshe and Aaron, don't cut off the family of Kahas. Take care of Kahas. What do you mean? Why would Moshe Rabbeinu want to cut them off? What does it mean? This is what you got to do for them. And in this way they will live and they will not die. When they come to the Kodesh Kadashim, meaning the Kalim of the Kodesh Kadashim, they come to the Aaron, Aaron Uvanav Yavau, they will come. Visamu Osam Ish Ish Al Aaron and his son, the Kohanim, are going to cover everything up. They'll do the packaging. So that's like when you make Aliyah, Baruch Hashem, we have the Schutz of making Aliyah, so first, one day, the Packers come. The professional Packers. Right? You have to, you're, the whole day is, is those who make Aliyah, Yabrach Hashem knows, it's all big days. But really, they were there, they come, they, they pack up your house. They're not the same people always that come to do the movers. They were the Packers and they were the Schleppers. So one day, the Packers come, and the next day, the Schleppers come. Moshe Rabbeinu, that's exactly, the mucker is right here in the Torah. Right? The Kohanim were the Packers, Lahavdil, and the Kohanim were the Schleppers. In the, in the best way, in the most religious way. In a wonderful way. Nothing, nothing negative. Right? So, the Moshe Rabbeinu was told by Hashem, you want to make sure that Gahas doesn't get cut off. So first, Zosah Sulahem, Arna, Avana will cover up the Kalim, and then, and then they'll be able to carry them. Last passage, Veloya, Vaul, Eros, Kavalas, HaKodesh, Vamesu. So they won't see when literally they come to swallow up the Kodesh, they won't come before it's, it's covered up, and then they'll die. Right? So that's how the, that's how the Parsha ends, which is not for now. Plus again, Vamesu. That's a way to end the parsha. Okay, not for now. But ask two questions. Ask the. Uh, we've got two thoughts related to this. First is a very creative thought. If you think about it. On the last word, vamesu. Didn't we just say in the previous pasuk, if they do this, they will die? Right. What did it say? Don't cut them off. Do this. If you do this, they will live and they will not die. And what does the last phrase of the pasuk say? And they shouldn't do this, and then they'll die. Obviously, we just said that two lines ago. What's the extra word? They won't come to see it. Says the Binyan Shlomo. Rabbi Shlomo Mivilna. They have quoted from him once before. He has chuvas, Rabbi Shlomo Mivilna. Amazing, beautiful chuvas. And he has about 15 pages at the beginning, in mind at the beginning, of his chuvas, Chidushim Ala Torah. I opened it this week. And um, he has the following idea. Following idea. He first quotes two sources. 
And then he says the source of these two sources is in this Pasuk. The Mishnah says in Shkalim, probably the most exciting Mishnah in all of Shkalim. If you ever learned Shkalim. If you ever learned Shkalim, you'll remember this Mishnah. There was once a Kohen in the base of Mikdash that was doing his job, doing his avodah. And all of a sudden, he saw one of the he saw the floor had a bump in it, or maybe one of the tiles was up. He saw there was something something afoot on the ground in a certain area in the Mikdash. He went and told his friend. You gotta see this. You gotta see the spot of the base of Migdash. You gotta see this spot. There's a bump in the floor. And then he dropped dead. Why? And they knew the fact that he dropped dead right there, it must be that that was the Makam Ha'aron, which was not supposed to be found. The Makam Ha'aron, once the Aron was Nignaz, during Bayez Rishon, it was already Shalom HaMelech, Baruch Kacho, knew that there would be a Chorbun, and therefore he built underground quarters in order to put the Aaron. The Romans didn't take the Aaron. They might have taken all the other Caleb. They didn't take the Aaron. There was no Aaron in Bayez Shani. They couldn't have taken it. So here, the Mishnah says, he must have found the spot. Hashem didn't want it to be found. Right? Drop dead. Another Gemara. The Gemara says in Yuma. The Gemara is going to quote the Mishnah in a second. But the Gemara says in Yuma, Dapnun Dalit, Amar of Katina, they used to open up the curtain of the paroches that separated between the Heichal and the Kodesh Kadashim. And they showed all of Kal Yisrael. Where were the Israelim allowed to get to? Maybe they lifted it up. Some are allowed to get to a certain, certain area. But anyway, they lifted it up and they showed the Kruvim that were intertwined with each other. They were hugging each other. And they said, Like a man and a woman in love, in an embrace. That's what they used to show Klai Yisrael. That's Rav Katina says that statement. How is it possible that they showed B'nai Yisrael the Aaron and the Kruvim? What about the Pasuk in our Parsha? You're not allowed to see the Caleb. Unless it's like you're a Kohen doing the Avodah. This means before you put it in even, you aren't allowed to see them. So how could they show Klai Yisrael? The Kalim, the Kruvim. You lifted up the Kruvim, it says in our Parsha, they're not allowed to see them. Amr of Nachman, Mashal, Rav Nachman says this, I'll give you a Mashal. Mashal a Kala, no, it's Mashal to a bride, to a Kala. Calls Vachi, while she's still in her father's house, she didn't, she didn't have Nisuin yet, she's just halachically, first stage, Kiddushin maybe, Tsunua, Mibayla. She's still very Tsunua, she's not totally open with her husband yet, because she's not fully married yet, she's still in her father's house. Once she comes to her in-laws, meaning once she's fully married, then she's very open with her husband. In other words, once Klal Yisrael had a base on Migdash and they had Ashras Ashkina, then then Baruch Hu says, my love for you, you can see me, I can see you, no problem. That's why they were allowed to show them the proof in Bisman Beis Migdash. Because that was considered the stage of marriage. That was considered husband and wife don't hide anything from each other. Right? Nothing. It's all the deep relationship. 
Mazav Ravchana Barav Katina. Ask Ravchana then. So why the Kohen die in the base of Migdash? Maisa, but Kohen Echadrei Misa'ati Bechulu. We know that Mishnah. So why did he die? If it was in the base of Migdash, why did he die? Omerlei. So the Gemara answers, Nisgarsha Kamrit. No, you're talking about after there was a divorce. Nisgarsha. Chazul Chibasa Rishona. After B'nai Yisrael got thrown out, after Churban Bayis Rishon, after Churban Bayis Rishon, that was a divorce. And even during Bayis Shani, Rashi says explicitly here, they didn't come back to the original state of marriage. It's still considered a state of divorce. We discussed Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky on Parsha's bow in the past. If you don't remember it, look it up again. It's an amazing vart. This is a riot to what Rabbi Yaakov says there, that Bayesheni wasn't a real base of Mikdash, in quotes. It was just a stopgap measure to help us get through the Gullus. Really, there's Bayesrishan and Bayeshlishi. That's why they were, how could you have a base of Mikdash without an Aaron? The answer was, that was just a temporary measure. The Gemara says explicitly here that during Bayesheni, that was still considered Zman Gerishin. And that's why they weren't allowed to show, the, there was no Aaron there, but that's why he had to die. That story took place during Bayesheni. During Bayesheni, after Shlomo HaMelech hid the Aaron, once they saw went into the Churban, once they went into Gullus, there, you're not allowed to see the Aaron. Not allowed to see the Aaron. Says the Binyan Shlomo, how do you know that? How do you know that after Gerishin and for generations, there's an Isser to see the Aaron? Why is there an Isser to go search for the Aaron? Movies have been made about searching for the Aaron. Where did that come from? Says the Binyan Shlomo. It's in our Pasuk. That's the extra Pasuk. After it already says, Bizman Hamidbar, Bizman Hamidbar, they weren't allowed to look at it. What's the last Pasuk in the Parsha? V'lo Yavo, Leros HaZakodesh, and has it go. V'lo Yavo, Kabbalah HaZakodesh, Mesu. In extra Mesu, it's even usher after. It's even usher later on in history, says the Binyan Shlomo now in source 11, line 8, line 9. V'yay Shlomo, Da'akra, Balarami, Zafilu, B'bayashayni, and beyond. Gamkein, Skipping. How could that Kohen die if nobody told him? They go back to the first Chiba, like at the previous stage of ma- before marriage, and therefore the Isra applies. That's a creative shot. But that's the source. That's the source. Why was he why did why was he Chayav Misa? Nobody told him that the Isra still applies. They were allowed to see the Baisrishan. Arpas. One final part for the evening. The previous Pasik. Similar context. But the original phrase. The original phrase of that they shouldn't die. We just said why did they say the word Vamesu? But what's the first phrase earlier? Zos Asulahem Vichayu Yamusu. This you shall do for them, and they shall live, and they will not die. Right? The question is obvious. Just say one or the other. They shall live, or they shall not die. You don't need the double washing. Every word in the Torah is meant to teach us something. So we just dealt with why does it repeat by Mesa at the end of the Parsha, the next Pasuk. But now we're saying, what about in Pasuk Yutes? Right? Why does it say, V'chayu V'lo Yamusu? Says the Yam Simcha based on a Svarno. Source number 12. We'll end off with a uh, lively thought. Literally, lively, as we'll see. He says, let me explain based on what the Svarno says in the previous Pasuk. 
Says the Svarno, Al Tachrisu Ashevet Mishpachos Akahasi. Don't cut off Kahas. Klomar. Don't leave the Kalim so that the entire Kahas family will basically have a race to see, you know, who's going to, I want to do the Aaron, I want to do the Menorah, I want to do the, I want to do the, they're all going to be rushing to do it. Just like the Gemara in Yuma tells us stories. They used to run up the Besamik, run up the ram to fight for who's going to do the Karbanas until one of them broke their leg and one of them stabbed the other one. Crazy stories, the Gemara tells us. But that's, so the, the, that's what the Torah is worried about. They're not. They're going to run to try to take care of business. They'll be they'll, they'll disgrace the kalim that they're trying, fighting so hard to to respect and to take care of, and that'll cause them to be cut off. So this halacha is meant to protect shevet kahas. Right? Wait and do it in an orderly fashion. That's the svarna. Says the yam simcha then. Imagine what the B'nai Kahas are feeling. B'nai Kahas are told by Moshe Rabbeinu, we're going to take care of this for you because we don't want you to die. We don't want you to be cut off because you've got to be really, really careful. Don't look at all. Don't even take a glance because if you see a tiny little bit, you're all going to drop dead on the spot. Okay? Okay, so now go do your job. What do you think they were feeling? They're like, I'm not going you. And even if they would have gone to do it, tentative, hesitant, the Torah emphasizes. Once this is what the Hashem commands, and Hashem took care of protecting them. Line four. They'll keep thinking, oh, what am I doing? I'm not having the proper thoughts. I'm going to be mechala. Am I disgracing it? They're not going to do it with excitement. They're not going to do it. They're just going to be, oh my goodness, oh my. They're going to be scared. They're not going to be able to, they're not going to do it with, with a cheshach, with a fire. Says the Yam Simcha. That's what the Torah says. Zosa Sula, do, do this to them. V'chayu. And then if you do this, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have chiz. Do it with chiz. Do it with excitement. Oh, you don't have to worry about that anymore. You're not going to die because this is your protection. Like the Shlach that she quotes says, V'chai bohem. What is V'chai bohem? V'chai, we quoted this in the past. V'chai in them, in the mitzvahs. There's got to be chiyas in the mitzvahs. Can't do mitzvahs very dr- in a dry fashion. Mitzvahs yeveshos. V'chai bohem. In the mitzvahs. Hashem is not interested in dry mitzvahs. He's interested in exciting mitzvahs. He's interested in, in putting our, 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 whole, our whole being into the mitzvahs. And he even quotes, that's the Yerushalmi that the Rishonim quotes, Shall we quote in the beginning of Lulav Agazel why you're not allowed to uh, use a dried out esrog, dried out lulav? A dried out lulav is totally is possible. Why? Because the Yerushalmi says Aloha mesim yehalaluka. Yerushalmi quotes that pasuk because the dead cannot praise God, right? Why mitzvahs that are dead, mitzvahs that are dry? That's not a full praise of Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's got to be a chiyas when we do mitzvahs. It's an excitement. That's what Kaddish Baruch Hu says. V'chayu. If you do properly, v'chayu. But you have to worry about it. Do the mitzvahs with a v'chayu bohem attitude, and that's what's going to keep us going as we head towards Kabbalah Satorah. Okay, we'll stop here. Hashem, we will uh, continue next week with a uh, hopefully a shvuis naso an unusual pre shvuis naso but uh, Hashem, that'll be uh, next week.